This episode of Noise of the Broke Boys is brought to you by Multiple Passwords. Are you a pretentious tech company that requires unique login passwords containing obscure characters and emojis? Or maybe you're a social media platform that hoards data to sell while you keep your users busy trying to locate one of 50 passwords. Perhaps you're a website that requires users to change their passwords on a weekly basis because it's fun to watch them suffer while you scroll through their entire internet browsing history. Well, today I have a special offer for you. Log on to my online shopping cart with the password you have access to and type in your shipping info and press purchase. You will find that my cart already contains 20 scale rubber phallic replicas that are now being sent to your residence. Don't worry, this purchase is on me as you already have my credit card information stored as well. Allow about three to five days to ship. Once received, take each phallic replica and swallow them whole. This offer is only for a limited time, so act now. And now, on to the show. Welcome everyone to the unfortunate bottom of the podcasting barrel. Somehow you landed on this podcast and I'm grateful you did. Today's guest is a California Bay Area dancer and the 2011 IBE Top Rock Champion. He is also the dopest Animaniac of all. What's up, Mr. Wacko, my friend? <laughs> Yo, what up, what up? Is that how you got the name by the... <laughs> no, so, okay, this, I get this question a lot. So, how I got my name. Uh, so, I'm born and raised in San Francisco, California, and I went to school primarily in the Mission District. Yeah. And uh, at a time where, like, gangs were still prevalent you know Sorenos and Norteños so like red versus blue mm. um so my my Latin homies I used to hang out with them a lot and a lot of times you know we get jumped you know mm. uh and one day I just said no more and I just snapped and oh, I beat up three dudes by myself three Sorenos like yeah you know, yeah yeah by myself and from that day on, my my boy Ricardo was like, "Fuck, bro, you're like you're like a psycho." Because they used to call me payaso, which means um, clown in Spanish. Okay. And, and so uh, they were like, "We're not calling you payaso anymore, bro. You're like a you're like a psycho. You're like a fucking uh, wacko. Yeah, you're like fucking <laughs> wacko, bro." And so that was a nickname I got you know in the streets yeah and, yeah you know like in the b-boy world it's usually someone gives you a name or you just kind of go off of something and the first competition i ever entered uh the guy was like what's your name and i was like oh wacko and he was like okay and he spelled it w-h-a-c-k-o like the sound effect like mm. whack yeah and this was like a good two years before Animaniacs came out. So I had that nickname before that show came out. But yeah, yeah you know, as a kid, that was like, yeah, Wacko was like my favorite dude. So <laughs> yeah. like, that's how I got my name. Wasn't from the cartoon. I predate the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I like real. years, so. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think Wacko from the cartoon was out there beating up Serenio, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Well, shoot, dude. Um, well, dang, dude, so. Um, how how did you actually get into like the hip hop scene, the dancing scene? What, what got you into that? Uh, early early exposure uh, from my mom mom's homies that used to dance on Soul Train. They, you know Jerry Curl Brothers. Mm -hmm. They would come up to the the to the Bay 
and like hang out when they had when they, when they weren't filming or whatever and we're just dancing my, my my room and I kind of watched and I try to emulate and they try to teach me but it was just kind of like uh I, I think I'm kind of doing the robot or I'm locking and whatever and so I was exposed early and then um I was a kid that would go to like birthday parties and when like line dancing was the shit you know especially at a girl's birthday party I wouldn't do it I locked myself in a bathroom one time because I didn't want to dance and they had to call my mom to get me and I came out like oh my stomach hurts you know oh man and so um eighth grade talent show my best friend Matthew signed me up and he put uh Vander's weird dances and the principal was coming around to each classroom to get the list and she was like what are what weird dances what are you gonna do and I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, oh, you know, like the moonwalk, you know, I'm going to, you know, kind of do some hip hop stuff. I was totally like making this up <laughs> just to leave, get her to leave me alone. And so um, now I had to audition. I didn't even know that. They, were, like, they had to audition you so they could like time all the acts. And oh, yeah. I remember uh, watching this bit on Comic View when it was still black owned. Uh -huh. And there was this comedian who had on this Ronald Reagan mask and he was dancing to like Rump Shaker. And I was like, yo, I'm gonna do that. But then they were like, oh, you can't wear a mask. And I was just like, whatever. And so I did my audition. And what I did the audition, I didn't even do on the actual show. So I'm nervous as hell. I'm, I'm going up and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And my homegirl Anya like ran up as the curtains were starting to open. She was like, Vander, put these on. Your mom gave it to me. It was like straight out of like Power Rangers. And I just <laughs> put these glasses on and the music started. And I just started like dancing. Uh, it, was, it was over. And I was like, I didn't even like know I could do the moonwalk until that day. <laughs> like I seen it a million times. And that's how I ended my bit. I did a moonwalk, like literally like off the stage. Oh shit. So I didn't get back into dance until high school, like most of us, like, you know, that that guy in the breaking. Uh, my sophomore years when I like started kind of messing around with it and uh, was working at the Exploratorium. There's a dude named uh, Scorpio. He's kind of like a self, like, you know, revered uh, SF legend. Mm. Um, kind of cornball, but, you know, he did introduce me to, like, you know, cell space and shit like that. Um, but, you know, on my lunch break, I would kind of, like, dance with him. And then he, like, was like, yo, I'm getting down on this crew called Mad Crew. They're from Guam. And he moved to Guam. And then he moved back. And then he, you know, started a chapter here and put me and my boy uh, Mauricio down. And mm -hmm. but we kind of reached a point where we we evolved, you know. And we we're like, this guy's still living in the '80s, like on some New York City breaker shit, you know. Yeah. And like the scene was like, I'm learning more. I'm rediscovering like James Brown. Mm -hmm. And yeah, by the um, by the time I graduated high school, I was like just full in, and that was my exposure to uh, to breaking. So. It was a corny dude that got kind of got me into it, and then I just kept going. But I reached that point where I was just like, no, there's more to this than just mm -hmm. like this pop locking shit. Because he was on that like, oh, I pop lock and I break, and I'm just like, he was a dope dancer. He was just super corny, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those glasses that you got at the talent show, those were like your magic glasses that kind of just put you into this whole thing, and then you went down the rabbit hole. I mean, bro, like. You, you know how it is when you first dance, you have a hard time looking at people. Mm. It doesn't matter 
know if you're battling or whatever. It's just I, that's me. I'm sh- I was shy, dude. Like, yeah. if a girl like kind of thought I was cute and she we locked eyes, I was like, oh shit, you know. <laughs> and then when I started battling, I tried to be hard, but I started smiling. So mm. I was just like, okay, that's not me. So the glasses definitely helped because you know I couldn't. It was pitch black when you're on the stage. You're like, I can't see shit. You know, it's kind of like Dave Chappelle, but he's like, you know, you see just people kind of looking at you <laughs> in the front row. And I'm just like, oh, man. And it's like, if you bomb, you bomb. And middle yeah. school is worse than high school. I don't care what anyone says. Like, <laughs> there's like no filter. They're like, you fucking suck. Yeah, they do. You know? That's true. So, yeah. Um, the glasses definitely, um, it centered me. And I was just like, okay, I can just kind of go and do my thing. Was that, and that, because that glasses are kind of like your, your, I don't know your like gimmick thing or something you know like so so again another another interesting story so when it comes to my my glasses um i worked a non-profit for a little over 10 10 11 years mm-hmm. and um the one spot i worked at um the, the thing that kind of sucks about working in non-profit especially after school care aside from getting like you know crap pay and low hours is um relationship that you build with the kids it's like you get tight with kids and you're like, oh, I want to go see a movie with you, Mr. Hill. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, you got to ask your parents because, you know, policy dictates that I can't, you know. But um, early on, I got really tight with a kid and out of nowhere, he just started, his health just really started declining. Mm. And they were basically like, oh, we don't think he's going to like, you know, make it to the end of the school year. And so we were kind of having nose talks and it was like pretty brutal. Um, and then uh it was like a cancer-like thing that he had um but he actually made a uh surprisingly made a recovery but um his dad got a, a job offer outside of cali and so he was moving the family so the last day of the uh of the, the school semester um before when we had that talk of like what do you want to do and he was like oh i want to watch a movie in 3d with like mr hill and I was like, I don't know if we can do that. You know, his parents were totally cool. They're like, we don't care about the policy. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want to get into it. You know, so um, he went to go see a movie with his family. And so the last day of school, before he was leaving, he wanted to say goodbye to me. So he gave me like this little letter. And then, but he had these 3D glasses. Mm. And he was so nervous waiting for me that he accidentally popped out the lenses. Mm. And he started crying his head out. He was like, I don't want to give you these glasses and I broke them. So I popped out the other one and I was like, hey, I'll wear them like this. How about that? Yeah. You know? And, you know, I was like, is that cool? So anytime I wear these, I'm going to like think about you. And I'm like, you know, so these aren't broke. This is this is our, this is how we wear our glasses from now on, you know? Yeah. And he was like, okay. And so, yeah, that's why I, I rock my glasses the way I do. I got that from a kid. Um, who wanted to go watch a movie with me in 3D and you know he accidentally popped out the lenses so damn. that's just like my Steve's and damn that's a really dope like, story you don't wear glasses I'm like actually I do have a prescription it's just really weak so I don't really need to wear my glasses so. mm. yeah no that's a really dope story dude so yeah <laughs> I'm glad you told me that that's really tight yeah <laughs> I'm glad that kid is doing better too man that's, cra- yep. that's crazy dude. How, how old was he Oh God! So he was in—he was a second or third grader. Mm. So all my like, Dang. all the kids that like I used to like teach, like, are probably like 
in their 20s now early 20s or like teenagers to early 20s or whatever i, mm -hmm. I can't do the math right now it was so long ago yeah but i've, I've had those moments where like mr hill and i'm like oh hey it's vanessa and i'm like oh please tell me i didn't don't tell me you're, you're my, I'm your I'm your dad. You know, it's like, oh shit. <laughs> well, like, I'm, I'm your kid. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, Dang. uh, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. So you've been teaching for that long? Okay. Dang, that's crazy. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, um, going kind of going back to like your dance, your dancing. Um, I know that you, we were talking about this earlier before we started recording, but like, I know you got like nerve damage in your, in your arm. Um, and that I imagine has had a huge effect on your, your dancing. Can you maybe elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So, um, like I said, um, sophomore year is when I kind of got into just everything. So, um, my friend, basketball was the only sport I cared about, but I, I injured myself and I kind of like fell into the slump. My best friend, Matt, got me into bowling. So Japantown Bowl in San Francisco, he's probably the best bowling alley like in the city. Mm -hmm. I did a summer league and during that summer, I was also learning how to break. And so um, I was going to the, the YMCA, Blue Boy, um, politics, and this other dude, it was like three guys are teaching. It was like a rotation. And um, Blue Boy would teach on like Friday nights at the Y. And he actually, you know, at one point he was just like, okay, tonight we're just we're just doing 90s the whole mm. the whole time. And so uh, I, I learned 90s. That was like the first power move I ever learned was like how to do a 1990. Yeah, yeah. And uh, at the same time I was bowling. So I'm right-handed, throwing the ball right-handed, doing all my power on my right hand. Yeah. And um, I remember I was in a tournament and I, it was going to be my perfect game. I shot a 296. Damn. Um, but in doing that, I I had a, I just, I just blew my wrist out. Fuck. I felt like a, a pop and a pull and then like tingling. And then like my hand just started like slowly closing and I couldn't open it for like 20 minutes. Holy shit. So I had to put it in a bucket of ice because they didn't really have like, it was in like Chico somewhere and they didn't have like a, you know, legit like person on like, you know, that could like, you know, treat me. Mm. And so they were like, here's a bucket of ice, just stick it in there. And like my hand kind of starts to open up, you know? And so I had to take my midterms, um, like, you know, like, like an oral exam. But yeah, man, that, that, that messed me up. So like, I noticed that sometimes it would hurt to put my hand down or open my hand. Um, I had to learn how to write all over again with, with my hand and, and get the motor skills back. And so sometimes if I got into a handstand, I couldn't feel, Oh yeah. I had, I had like a numb sensation from here to here. And so I couldn't really like, really feel out the floor and then doing footwork kind of hurt. Oh, wow. And I was just like, this is really fucking frustrating. So like, I felt limited. So there was a period of like three, almost four years where I didn't do forward. Hmm. And so um, after my first jam, I entered at Cell Space, you know, um, I, we entered as a crew, same guy, Scorpio. And um, I remember we got smoked. That was my first night meeting everyone, all the Bay legends from Headhunters, Natron, Profo, 
Disciples of Rhythm, um, you know, the list goes on. Um, hell, people from Sacre came up, you know, it was my first time meeting Cujo, um, you know, Poison, you know, Wicked, Rocks Right, you know, the list goes on, Iron Monkey. Mm -hmm. And so I remember I was outside and I was just pissed, dude. Yeah. And uh, uh, D-Rock came up to me and he was like, yo, bro, what's wrong? And I was like, dude, like, we got smoked. Like, I can't really do my footwork like I used to, you know, like, I'm not a real b-boy. And he was like, well, bro, if you can't rock it on the floor, you know, you can still rock it on top. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I felt like I didn't come through for my crew tonight, but you know, we still did our thing. So don't lose sight of that. And I just remember that just, you can still rock it on top. So I was like, okay. So I just put all my energy into just top rock and just top styles, mm -hmm. you know? So I had, a, you know, I learned how to lock, I learned how to pop. So the musicality was already there. Now it's just like really like pushing the envelope of what I could do just like on top, you know? And so when people are like, oh, are you, you know, you just don't want to do floor. It's like, no, it's like, I have an injury, you know? And it got worse. It's gotten worse over time, you know? Yeah. I mean, for two years, I was like re re rehabbing it. And I was like, fuck this, man. I'm going to do the Mass Monkey footwork battle like one year. Um, but then I got hurt, <laughs> like broke yeah. my foot. And so, um, yeah, so I've been, yeah, that's, that's just been what I've been dealing with. And that's why my style is the way it is. It's like, I, I learned how to up rock and I learned, you know, just b-boy talk rock, you know? So I can still do drops and, and occasional things. So it's just like, my go-to though is like talk rock. So that's how everyone knows me is from my, my top rock. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. No, because I'm a firm believer that through, you know, difficulties and struggles and stuff, you end up coming out. I know this probably sounds weird, but like in a better place, not that you wouldn't want to have the, the feeling in your hand, but like you've obviously become a very successful dancer. Top Rocker won some huge competitions and it's kind of, you know, because of an injury which is a weird thing to say you know and so i mean i don't know i i definitely think that there, there's some value in uh take looking on the bright side when when things like that happen so like whenever you know some young dancer comes to me and they're like oh i can't do this because i got injury or i got a you know prior condition or something it's like hey you know this is your this is your opportunity to figure out a way to get around that and this is going to make you better, I think, you know, so. Yeah, and I even had a, a fucking phone conversation with Track 2 once I got kind of cool with them. Mm. And like, because there for a long time, bro, I was like, identity crisis. It's like, I'm not a B-boy. Like, I can only do like Top Rock. But then someone, you know, was like, dude, there's just cats that just do footwork. They're just powerheads, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, Track 2 was like, bro, your people started this shit. Mm. And I've seen you smoke people with your top rock. So what does that say about you? If you can smoke someone with just your top rock, make them give you a reason to do footwork. <laughs> and that's where I got that from. That I, that, I, that mindset, like from track two, he just said it, but he was like, yo, if you just smoke someone with just your top rock, they're not even worth your time. Mm. Okay. So the few times I've been called out, you know, people were like, do footwork. And I'm like, give me a reason to do footwork. Mm. I'm gonna smoke you just on my tops That's tight. right now, you know. So, and you know how it goes, but you know, we'll we'll get into that. But yeah. um, no, I, once I uh, once I made that switch in my mind of like, I could still be a threat, you know. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I stopped caring. 
Yeah. And that's when I really blew up. And yeah. I was a late bloomer. Like I started in high school, but I didn't get dope until like I was like 24, 25. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I, I can mean, still smoke my high school self, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you didn't let uh, I had like, you know, full range. So, yeah, you didn't let um, you didn't become a victim to like a prior condition. You know, you kind of used it as like your own superpower in a way. Oh, yeah. And I got smoked by the best, dude. Like mm -hmm. I've been in Cypress Stilo, like smoked the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. Technique, K-Mail, like the list goes on. Like, but a few years after that, I was in those same Cypress and I was just going hard. And I didn't yeah. care that I was in the same cypher as flow flow master and, and whoever the or, you know cloud i don't care that's like yeah that's doing the reps yeah i mean you got you got to get smoked to smoke people i think it's oh yeah it's yeah it's just like working out you got to get your ass kicked before you can start kicking ass really um dude that's that's tight um uh so you know you obviously became a successful dancer you actually won the 2011 ibe can you talk a little bit about like how that was and, and what it felt like to to, to to be a part of that and because i remember just yeah man uh so I, I that was my second international trip and second international win i had one um in february of that year i did culture shock in taiwan where i re i battled why not in the mm -hmm. top rock finals and i battled born in the rocking finals off of just like a 22 hour flight went straight you know and did my thing i lost to why not um but i i felt like at that time i was probably one of the few people that pushed him so i was kind of like i felt good like you know i was like well i wanted to beat him but dude i just did the rocking i battled rob nasty who was one of the judges and then i had to battle why not and so mm -hmm. i made it the finals in two different categories so when that happened, then that's when like I, I heard about IBE and I was like, oh, that's right. IBE has a top rock, they have footwork. And IBE, I've been following that since 2003. So watching Machine and, and Check It and Tech and Lego and those guys, when they mm -hmm. always have the all versus all battles, I was just like, man, that'd be <laughs> dope to, to see that in person or even doper to be on that squad somehow, I don't know. And so, yeah, dude, same thing. I flew myself out. I met Tyrone at Shipple Station. It was uh, Matt the villain. Mm -hmm. My crewmate was out there too, and I got us on the bus. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, Tyrone, how do we get to you know the town?" Because it was like it's a three-hour trip to get to the the city where uh, uh, Herland. Yeah, because you fly I into that. Amsterdam and then um, you got to get all the way to Herland. Yeah. And so like we, you know, he was like, "Oh, Wacko, you made it." So apparently, uh, fucking Kareem told uh, Tyrone about me, and Tyrone's like, "I wasn't sure if you're gonna come out." Mm. And I was like, "Oh, okay. I didn't even know you were expecting me." So <laughs> I went. The first day was no competition, so I got in on uh, that Friday, and but it was kind of like the opening, like open party and shit like that. But Scheme Richards was spinning in a room, and Soul Trotter had this uh cypher kind of thing happening it was like oh it's just a soul cypher you know it's just about getting busy and so it was like me and profo start the first cypher and then bro it just multiplied into like three things but it was like out of a movie because I, I actually was more interested in the uh the the talks because it was like tyrone mm. thomas who does battle of the year yeah and it's kind of like the big three i forgot to be the third guy but it was just like talking about promoting 
But as it was wrapping up, I heard music playing and I was like, what's, what's going on? And I just opened this door, it's like a dark alley and it's like this giant room and it was like the soul cypher and bro, I felt good. I just was jumping in every cypher, starting cyphers, I battled yeah. a couple of dudes, you know, and then halfway through the night, uh, Soul Trotter's like, yo, clear the way. The, the, I want to announce the winner of the Soul Cypher. Uh, and I was like, and then Scheme Richards was kind of like, he's going to call you. And I was like, what? Oh, shit. And he was like, yeah, give it up for Wacko. And like, I looked at Scheme Richards again. He was like, yeah, you motherfucker, the only other black dude in here. And I was like, <laughs> oh. And they, bro, but by doing that, he called me up on stage. He gave me this dope sweater. Actually, let me show you. Damn, that's dope. I didn't even know you won that as well. That's crazy. Oh, sick. So, this is like one of my favorite sweaters I like to, to rock. And that that's and custom so made, right? They put me up on stage, and the next day, I couldn't walk in any cypher without someone like, boom. So I got <laughs> called out the day of the Top Rock Battles. They did it like, they were trying to figure out how to do it. Yeah. And so what they did, someone just got on the microphone was like, okay, 45 minute ciphers, go. Oh shit. Oh man. And it was like, Profo was one of the judges and he was like, dude, we didn't even like agree on that. So it was these 45 minute like long ciphers and you know how it gets, man. People turn to like Piranha and it was like, yeah. these two French guys actually uh, try to battle me at the same time. And one guy was actually trying to like rock me. And I was like, no bro, top rock, B-boy, B-girl, top rock. He was like, none, none. And he started scratching and he actually cut me, dude. Oh shit. And I was like, hey, you won. And I walked away. And then next thing you know, they announced the top eight. And I was one of the top eight and they called me. I was like number five. Yeah. And when they called us, they had to find up. I remember I looked at the French guy and I was just like, mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> then Scheme got on the microphone. He's like, yo, the people you see up here know how to cipher. Yeah. Take notes. And it just, you know, Scheme, man. Like, I yeah, love yeah. Scheme. He's talking to my uncle. He just like told it how it was. And um, yeah, I won. And uh, I remember Matt was like, bro, dude, you good? And I was just like, I'm in my zone, dude. But thank you. And yeah, I won it. Yeah, that's crazy. And then, cause my Steve's too was, I, I was like, uh, you know, B-Boy Evo, who I fucking like love, mm -hmm. he won UK champs three years in a row. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my intent. I was like, man, if I can win this three years in a row and just like stop, that'd be dope. And so I actually won it two years in a row. So I won it 2011 and 2012. Oh yeah, that's right. I do remember that too. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> Shit, dude. The kid, so, I mean, you were kind of talking a little bit about this earlier, but um, like how you were actually ciphering um, and about like people coming in as piranhas and stuff. Like, what is your what is your thought about that? Personally, I kind of like hate the people that do that, <laughs> but I want to hear <laughs> what you think about it. Um, yeah, it's 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 um, I think when you you throw out the idea of some type of cipher king or queen. Uh, it just transforms everybody and they have to go out extra. It's not natural. And, you know, um, like you, I, I do get annoyed by that. Um, but at the same time, it's like if they're really feeling themselves like that, I'm like, I'm going to teach you mm. how to cipher. 
yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just be in their face. Yeah. You know, it's not me being a bully, but it's just like, you're, you, when ciphers happen naturally, it's a vibe. I could be across from you, mm-hmm. and you, or you just come to my cipher. I'm like, oh, Kurt just got here. I'm going to let him go out. So I'll probably do something to commando you in. Mm. And that's how it should be. You know, um, real dope ciphers, it's, it's ebb and flow. It's yeah. not this five people come out at the same time. My rule of thumb is whoever touches the ground first has it. Yeah, yeah. And I can't stand that when people are like, you know, I'm not moving. And I'm like, but my man's is already on the ground. Like, <laughs> yeah. So um, listening, how I listen to music is also how I, I like read ciphers. So I think mm. part of every dancer's um, homework should be learning how to read a cipher. You should be able to, I could tell looking, like I said, if I was across from you, I could tell that you want to go out and mm. I'm just going to be like, okay, I'm going to let Kurt go out. Yeah, yeah. So when it turns into a piranha fest, of everyone trying to go out, then I just leave that cipher. Yeah. So, but what I did my first day at IBE, the first year I went, it was kind of like, you know, getting my, my, my legs, you know, it was like, okay, I never cut anyone off. It was like my, I go two seconds, no one's going out, then I'm going to go out. So I give it that two second, then I go out, you know, cause ciphers, it's kind of like a practice. It's like, I'm not trying to show off. I'm trying mm-hmm. to get warmed up. Yeah. You know, and it turns it. And then when you get a name, it's like, kill it, wacko, kill it. And it's just like, dude, like, I just got off work, <laughs> <laughs> you know? But that first year I went to IBE, I was so hyped that I, I managed to maintain the excitement with with my, my hunger. And mm-hmm. I think I I think that's why I won the Soul Cypher, even though I wasn't even aware that a Cypher Award was happening. But yeah, I think you have to be able to read the Cypher as a dancer and, and just take your time. Cause it's like, if, you've, if you're already warmed up and you're ready to go nine to five, okay, let's do it. You know, but you know, it's like, you gotta kind of warm up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it feels so disingenuous when I see people just like rushing in to freaking and they're like, you know, standing in the middle, cross arms. And it's like, I mean, I guess you really want to dance that hard. But like, you can also <laughs> just go to that cypher over there and dance. But it's like you're over here just being like, I don't know, just just being kind of a punk for no reason. Yeah. And and especially when everyone else in the cypher is just kind of chilling they're like oh yeah i like this song let me go out okay this song is not really for me but i can tell this dude loves this song you know have have at it dude it's kind of just like flowing with that and then you see motherfuckers just like causing unnecessary beef too and it's like yeah and it's just like and then that's when shit escalates and people want to fight and i'm like I'm like, dude, I can't even really dance. Yeah, like, you're trying, trying to fight. To fight. <laughs> you're trying to fight you know, because you... Like, and as I got an older dude, my that tolerance gets lower because, like, I think about guys like E. Swift. Mm. You know, Bug Eye Bandit used to tell me some stories, you know, SD Nights when they would be out at a bar just getting it in mm-hmm. and dudes, you know, want to be, like, talking shit. And E's old school. Yeah. You know, he's like, yo, man, I can't hear you. Let's go outside and talk. Uh. And the dude was like... Nah, it's cool, bro, because he knew. Yeah, You yeah. know? It's like, he, he's all right. You shut the fuck up and let us do our thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's my uncle right there, too. E. Swift don't fuck around, man. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's, I mean, you got you to gotta, you gotta respect the cypher. You got to respect the people in it. It's like, 
respecting the music respect the dj like you can't you can't be stepping on people like that it's it's nah nah it, it's it's in, you're not a punk or any less of a dancer if you're like oh my bad like and i've seen it like i remember the, the worst thing i saw was um energetic uh in a cypher he was um he was doing like you know his thing and he was going for his like his like signature but his belt flew off and it hit this kid in the face oh shit and it was just like you saw that he was like fuck dude i can't believe that happened he really wanted to make sure the kid was cool yeah and like there's a clip of it somewhere but like i remember like there's a couple of people laughing at him when that happened i'm like bro like what if that was you yeah you know don't make fun of like energetic because like that happened you know and then Interject's actually a pretty cool dude, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've met him several times, and I even asked him about that, and I was like, "Yo, dude!" Like, he's like, "Yeah, dude, I felt like the worst person in the world." But the kid was actually pretty cool, mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't like they didn't get hurt too bad. So it was like, you know, it was just one of those things. So it's like, I respected Energetic a lot more after uh, hearing him like break that down to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, <laughs> gotta avoid the drama and shit. It's not, it's not healthy for the the culture. It's not healthy for yourself. Nope. Um, so we talked about the bad parts of ciphering. Can you can you walk me through your ideal way of entering a cipher? Oh man, um, if I'm already warmed up and uh, which is like what's going through your mind? Dude. Yeah, uh, my ideal cipher is just like just when I hear that DJ drop a track. And I just step in. I like it's like walking. I like mm. literally walk into the cipher. It's no rush. It's it's um it's me really taking my time. Mm -hmm. And that energy being reciprocated. So I start that that flow and someone else picks up on that. And then it just keeps going and keeps going. And there's no uh car crashes I like to call it, you know, it's no like, you know, bumper to bumper, mm -hmm. but it's like the music's just hitting and everything's just like working in synchronicity, man. It's mm. just like no egos. It's just like everyone's just trying to go off. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. it's just pure, dude. And it's corny now, you know, I, mean, I don't think it's corny. It's just like, it's kind of hard to describe sometimes in my workshops and my classes when I'm, I'm trying to tell people like how we get dialed in as dancers, you know, but like in a cypher, man, when it's just like the music's right and the vibe's right and it's like the right people it's just it, it kind of just kind of feels like this merry-go-round that's not going to stop mm -hmm. but it has to at some point so it's like you start that energy keep it going and then i'll go some go somewhere else and, and, and mm. try and start that all over again so that's my oh. ideal cypher it's just like the perfect merry-go-round so is is the hype part of about it starting up that energy or is it keeping it going what's what's what do you have more fun doing uh, I honestly starting it like mm. before, like, um, I just liked jumping in ciphers that were like, like hype, you yeah, know, but yeah. it's just something about starting that. And, and, and again, with no ego, I say this with no ego, just like, yo, like I start, like if everyone's in like the, like the famous cypher cypher, you know, it's like, Oh shit, there goes iron monkey. There goes crumbs. There goes Volva. Yeah. I'll sometimes avoid that cypher. Cause I'm mm -hmm. like, well, I don't, you know, I love all those dudes, but I'm gonna start a cypher right here and then Filthy's right next to me and then he'll jump in mm -hmm. and then Dylan will come in and then Eddie Styles and then like, you know, so-and-so, Sumo, and it just, and then just, we 
create this thing. And, and I, then the I like people that. from the big cipher start coming to that one now. And, yeah, yeah, and then they're like, then all of a sudden that cipher starts kind of like chipping away, yeah. and everyone comes over to your cipher. It's just kind of like, oh. But then by the time that happens, I'm already like moving on. Mm, so it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, I like that. I like I like starting that. It's 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 it's, it's dope. Yeah, the build the buildup is cool. I mean, it, it's that that's one of the fun parts I think about ciphering is really like building up that whole group because a lot of times it's just starting with like a few people and then you're just kind of like exchanging and then all of a sudden it's like oh this is actually kind of lit over here and everybody's just jumping in and shit so that's tight um so i guess ciphering is obviously like a big part of your dance um is that it do you train specifically for ciphering or i guess can you walk through like a little bit how you do any do your training so before i used to train specifically for like a mighty four uh a ibe mm -hmm. or whatever or you know a, you know something happening in sac or in, in the south bay hang lopez or whatever mm -hmm. that changed though after i won i think ibe where I was like, you know what? I'm just training to be on point because mm -hmm. my mindset was also, I remember there was a jam at Cell Space and I remember um, Cool Raul, I heard him walk by and say this. He was like, yo bro, we got to hold it down because Battle Monkeys and Super Crew, a lot of LA cats had come up for, for a jam. I forgot, I think it might've been a Mighty Four, but it's kind of that stay on the court mentality. It's like, yo, you're coming into my hood. So I don't care if you're from San Jose, Oakland, or even Sac. You're you're we're part of this like this is our this is our home turf, mm -hmm. and people coming from SoCal or forever are stepping in. So me and you are gonna be on the same line defending mm -hmm. our stuff. So um, yeah, I stopped training specifically for jams, and and I just turned into this whole. Um, I'm always keeping my knife and my sword sharp, mm -hmm. no matter what, because I be I'll be damned if someone comes into my backyard and smokes me. Mm -hmm. So um, by the time I got to like, the, the year that I won the uh, ring game anniversary and like Flowmaster and Freeze were there, I was like, I'm not getting smoked in my own yard. Mm -hmm. So that whole year, there was like just a year where I was just training and I, I would go to practice and I would say my what's ups to people and sometimes people would think I was a dick, but it was just like, no. I was working a nine to five, two nine or three nine to fives at one point mm. and going to practice for like three or four hours. And if my crew wasn't there, I was still getting in. If my crew was there, then we were in our own little corner yeah. helping each other out. So, um, yeah, man, it, it's, it's, it's that focus that I think that was my strongest suit from like 2010 to 2013 when I was really blowing up. I was my it was my focus and because i stopped training specifically for jams i was just like no i'm training mm -hmm. and then i got back into muay thai and that's even more brutal on the body so the you know the breaking and the muay thai it just it just made me even more solid mm -hmm. and then the rock and the rocking yeah so yeah i i used to even instill that to a lot of homies that practices like stop just training for a jam that's like in a month or mm. if you're gonna decide to enter something, cause I, I put it to them like this. If I know a jam is happening like this weekend and I haven't been practicing, yeah. I'm not gonna enter. And I've judged it and people are like, Wacko, why did I lose? I'm like, when's the last time you practiced? <laughs> and then they would yeah. just be kind of like, and I'd be like, yeah, 
I'm like, and I'm, I'm, I'm judging what I'm seeing, not what I know you're capable of. Like Kurt, I've known you for a minute, mm -hmm. way back from the legendary step days. <laughs> yep. And I know what you're capable of, but if you were to enter something and you battle somebody, I'm not gonna just give it all. Well, I know Kurt, you know, come on, Kurt, you know, you got, you got next round. <laughs> Yeah, if you but see if the you rust get smoked, there, you get smoked. Yeah. So I, I, I got, I kind of get mad at people at practice, like, you know, yo, like, you're just training for this weekend. That's it. You should just be like on it, man, because you never know. Mm -hmm. Stay ready, so you don't have to get ready. Yeah, no, that that's a good way to put it. Yeah, stay ready, so you don't have to get ready. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, 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 I guess with that being said, do you? Is there like jams now that you've been? I mean, obviously there's no jams going on right now, but do, do, do you still compete pretty regularly and and um, or you know have jams? Yeah, um, that you're I mean, prior on? to the pandemic, uh, I was supposed to be in uh, uh, Copenhagen for uh, four okay. words. Me oh yeah, Eddie, yeah. We won uh, the two on two Top Rock uh, in 2016. Um, I think Americans have won it like the last couple of years. That's why like a lot of the Europe, like overseas jams like don't like Americans. <laughs> mm. like, no, you win too much. Um, <laughs> but that was yeah, that was back in March. But that's when I literally almost I actually got almost got stuck uh, mm. getting back because um, that's when Trump did the whole travel ban and Copenhagen oh. has shut down and it was just a nightmare. But uh, I still try to compete, uh, you know, regularly as much as I can. Um, I think I had this conversation with Serge. He was like, yeah, dude, like you're, you know, it's good that you still stay active. Cause honestly, bro, it's like, yeah, we know the longevity in this dance is dependent on how well you take care of your body. I mean, I look at Storm and I still, I, he's like the centerpiece for me. It's like, mm -hmm. I, I aspire to be like that or pop and Pete, almost mm -hmm. 60 and, st and still one of my favorite poppers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know, Legs has his days too, man. Like, you know, like, Legs still looks good to me. Ivan fucking discovered the Fountain of Youth. I don't know what the hell that dude's on. <laughs> yeah, um, man. But it's just like, and then there's older cats too. Like, you know, Speedy, you know, Storm's brother, he's still nasty. Mm -hmm. and there's like these Brazilian twins. So it's like, honestly, I would like to compete at least for another like three or four years. Um, I'm reaching that point though at the same time though where I like teaching more and putting on events. Mm. But honestly, it's like, I, if I'm gonna be claiming that promoter title, I still want to be a promoter that can like still get down if I need to. Mm. Like, stop calling out my judges. I picked these judges. You know what? Fuck no, you're not calling out Kurt. Call me out. Yeah, yeah. I'll go rounds with you. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I remember Rekin when he would when he would throw a lot of gems. He was always saying like, I need to be the best promoter here or the best dancer in the whole promotion scene you know what i mean so like whenever some promoters like i gotta throw an event i could be like oh, i'm gonna battle you or whatever uh <laughs> so i was like that's pretty dope dude yeah respect to reekin too man yeah um what was i gonna ask you uh so like how how has dance affected your regular life oh man uh it's funny i I feel like I would be like just a normal person if I wasn't dancing because mm. I've been doing it. I've been going to jam since I was 16 mm. and I'm almost and I just turned 38 mm. uh, this year. Yeah. So um, even prior to the to the pandemic, this is all like this is like I, I still love it. You know, it's like I'm the weird guy that I like. I listen to breaks. I listen oh, yeah. to all music, but I can listen to Just Begun and still get hyped. I can listen to like 
you know, shaft in Africa and, and still get hype. Mm -hmm. I know some people are like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of breaks. Okay, that's cool. I don't hate on my homies that are like, they're over breaks or like golden era hip hop, you know, mm -hmm. which is something I do want to see being played more at jams. Um, I want all that yeah, stuff man, being like, played more. It, it's, uh, I don't know what else I would be doing. Like, you know, I mean, I, I have an idea, like I could, I could always go to graphic design. Cause even in high school, I was like, well, if I if, remember Tribal was like the team, I was like, well, if I get sponsored, you know, then I'm, I'm, I've made it. But I was like, yeah, but I still gotta get a degree. Just yeah. get, if I get injured, that's it, you mm. know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, like it's a private life that I don't really like to talk about when I'm at work, you know, when I was like teaching and someone was somehow find out like, you know, Mr. Hill is a world renowned dancer, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, are you? And then it was like, are you, are you gonna do ABDC? Are there? Are you been yeah. in any music videos? And I'm just like, no. I have homies that have, that do yeah. that shit. All my LA homies do that shit. You know, respect to them. Um, but yeah, man, regular life. It is just. I feel like a superhero almost. You know. And there's like, yeah, secret I look look at you and be like, oh, Kurt, you speak my language. Mm. So we have something in common. So it's a um. It's a brotherhood or just a community that that the community aspect of, of this culture is something I also really uh, love. You know, even if I'm like not as active, you know, because there's gonna be that point where I'm like, well, I can't compete, you know, but I still want to like, you know, be around it, you know. So I haven't lost complete hope <laughs> with the scene. You know, it, it can get frustrating at times, but I'm still here and. I think I wouldn't be in as good shape as, if, as I am now, you know, no diss to people that like just do the regular thing, but it's like, yeah, man, I, I, I just can't live that mundane life. You mm, know? Mm, mm. So what, I guess one thing you were mentioning earlier uh, was about music in the scene. And that uh, made me remember like, because now, the, the common thing in the scene is to play like, you know, music that has been produced by, you know, you know, some break DJ or something. And there, I feel like a lot of the old breaks, original breaks are not really being played anymore. And so like, no. you know, when I hear Just Begun, I get hyped too. I mean, and it's not just because, uh, you know, I haven't heard the song in a while. I mean, it's a dope song, but it's like, nowadays it's even hyper just because yeah you haven't heard it for a while because they don't really play it at jams anymore and i don't know why i mean i maybe it's a copyright thing but i don't know it's, i think with it that it's, it's it's um it, you made me think about something scheme said um at the last freestyle session i went to in san diego like he was like oh i'm gonna get ready to spin the the, the such and such battles i'm like dope i'm gonna come watch you spin and then he found out, oh, they're gonna stream the battles, and he was like, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> he said, I'll, I'll spin, I'll spin the ciphers then. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, schemes that dude, and you know, he will play shit that like, you know, you really have to work your ass off to, and not just memorize. Mm -hmm. And I, I hella respected him for that because once this thing became stream, uh, a streaming kind of like, you know, regular thing. Then I would like ask like, you know, like your 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 Daniel Zoos and whoever's like, hey man, how come we can't, you know, play this? And it's like, oh, like we didn't they didn't clear the copyright. Yeah. And I'm just all like, yeah. but you know, and I, I don't know the inner workings that that well of like a Red Bull, a monster, 
or hell even puma you know when the one time puma like actually threw some money our way yeah. but i just find it interesting that these songs that we go off to as, as dancers this is what our parents and shit were listening to back in the day these were, that was the pop music mm -hmm. you know and so that was my other thing that blew me away about the world of breaking and in, in, in especially music was these songs weren't specifically for us in that capacity either. There's country music, there's rock, there's pop. You know, depending on where you're at in New York, certain radio stations only play like, you know, uh, Joe Patan, you know, like if you was in Spanish Harlem or if you was in Harlem, like mm -hmm. you heard the funkier shit, you know, the black stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but like yeah, like you said, man, like I think it's just preference. It could be a mix of things like, oh, you know, people don't want to pay James Brown's like, you know, family, you know, to play a song and same thing with Jimmy Castle. But I'm like, but these are the songs where we shine, you yeah. know, at the same time, I see, you know, I see a lot of DJs kind of like making their own beats that are actually pretty dope. Mm -hmm. But like you said, it, it, I just balance, bro. It's like, I want to hear Just Begun. I want to hear Give yeah. It Up, Turn It Loose. I want to hear, you know, Don't Sweat the Technique because, you know, um, some of that early '90s boom bap, man, it just it just does something to yeah. you. Like, oh wow, EPMD comes on, you're like, okay, you know, mm -hmm. um, Tribe vibes. You know, I was just listening to that the other day, and I was just like, fuck, I forgot how dope this song was. Yeah, you know. The the thing the thing that I think I've noticed about like these uh, th these um, these I don't know what to even call them like break songs um, is that they're just a hundred percent hypeness the whole way through and that's not how an actual like traditional break happens i mean it's the a traditional break is like 10 seconds long and it's just you know and it's part of a, a longer song that sounds way different than than the actual break and you're just extending it so like someone like scheme richards um who knows his music really well he'll be searching out these uh, uh, original breaks and uh, and then mixing it in and actually building it up from other parts of the song and then mixing it in with the rest of everything that he's playing and it's like it's not the 100% hypeness the whole time it's kind of a build up build up build up and it's like he's really controlling a, a whole crowd with that and I feel like and no and it's no knock to the the, the musicians um, no. um, it's just, it's just different. I mean, it's, it's, it's competition music, essentially. It's like, we got to do a competition here. It has to be hype, play the hype as shit right now. And it has to be hundred percent hype the whole time. But like, I, I, I feel why Scheme Richard wouldn't want to, he wouldn't want to get down on like something that's being streamed and, you know, or, uh, cause he can't play what he wants to play and he can't really control the, the, the crowd the way he wants to control it, you know, so. No, and I like that you you brought up the point of like, again, no diss to like the newer stuff that's getting played because you know, like I said, I like some of it. Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard the homies like play it at practice. I mean, I'm it's like, dope. That? And they're like, oh, that's that new Nobunaga, or it's like Lean Rock the new beat, or Soul Rain, or whoever. Um, but like, I like that formula. It's very similar to rocking. It's like you start off kind of slow, you build up, you crescendo, and you come back down. Mm -hmm. And but again, like you said, in, in, in now in a competitional setting for the average Joe that doesn't know what the hell is going on. Hype, 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 hype. But it's like, yeah, I still want to see a story told though. It's like, yeah. you know, like this dancer is like, you know, going through something like, again, like 
trying to battle like you know you just broke up with your girl or like you failed mm. a test or or you're hyped that you're here you know um you know i think about rocks right when he won the year that he won you know red bull mm -hmm. that fool had so much on his mind mm. you know it's just like and then he won and it was just like yeah so yeah man it's it's a uh, sometimes i don't like going like 97 miles an hour for like the whole time i kind of like to build up and come back down you know it but yeah no i mean i definitely feel like when you're just going 99 miles an hour it's like uh there's there's a little bit of the artistic quality that's disappearing from, yeah from it because you know you're you're no longer able to you know play in the in the the lower tempo stuff or you know in the I, you know um it's just yeah you, you're just limiting yourself to 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 one part of like the the whole picture of your dance i think it's so um yeah it it, it really is just like competition like a competition type of uh, atmosphere that that works for for me and i don't know i've never been the the the, the like high tempo kind of person anyways so it's like <laughs> You know, I, I I like watching someone who's telling a story just like you, and it's it's um, it's like it, cause I I like picking apart. Yeah, it's trying to see like the emotion that they're trying to convey. You know, seeing what you know what's going on. Um, you know, in their life, maybe trying to figure out, maybe relating to whatever's going on. You know, I th I think it's 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 really cool how dance can do that, and so. Um, for you, is do you find that dance um, that you're able to like express certain emotions um, only through dance, or like specifically? That's through probably dance? me at my best, and I, I I speak on this a lot of times. Like I'm already an emotional cat to begin with. I'm an Aries. If if you if you're familiar with you know horoscopes and whatnot, um, I'm a fire sign. Um, I'm super you know emotional you know i'm super loyal you know it's like my mom it's like when i get really upset i cry you know but mm. it's like not like a sad cry but it's just like i'm so upset i just tears start coming out so um going back to what uh what led up to my 2011 like blow up you know i was dating someone in san diego you know and i was trying to make it a little bit more serious but it didn't happen and so the last thing she asked me she was like what are you gonna do and I said, I'm going to fly out to Taiwan and make a name for myself because oh, I knew shit. Born and Why Not was going to be there. Yeah. So all those battles that you saw me, man, that was like, well, my intent was to destroy Born. I went out there to like, I'm just going to obliterate this dude. Mm -hmm. you know? And then with Why Not, it was like retribution. It's like he, we battled each other in 2007 and, you know, he smoked me. And I had like my wisdom teeth pulled out. So I, was, I wasn't even at 100 percent. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna still try and beat him, but I really wanna go the distance with this guy. So mm -hmm. that was just like, you know, you felt my like hunger with Born, and, you, and same thing with, with Why Not. It's like, yo, this guy's really pushing himself because I was exhausted physically, mentally. But um, yeah, I, I always try and convey something. If you don't feel something when you watch me dance, then it's, it's kind of like, that's me just going through the motions, but. 90% of the time when I'm dancing, it's, a, it's, it's an emotional, like, connection. It can be my frustration with my crew, with what's happening in my city, someone I'm dating, you know, my family life, or I'm just really happy, and you'll see that. So, 
those are the cats that I like, um, you know, I, I, I draw, get drawn to, too, you know? Yeah. But yeah, there's always like an emotion, some type of emotional spectrum that I'm on when I'm dancing. Yeah, yeah. And so as a teacher, is that one of the things that you teach your students to, to you know, relay an emotion as they dance? I try to, everyone's different, and I'm sure you experience this too, you know, teaching workshops or, or teaching in general. Because mm-hmm. um, again, when I teach, it's not just about the steps. It's like, I, I give a reason behind things like, you know, or why is this called an Indian step? Why do they call it this? You know, why do we do a cross step? And it's just like, you know, I've, I've talked to Wiggles and, and, and track two and, and what have you, but yeah, that's, that's part of the teaching thing too, is like, you're, you're spreading on these like, you know, backstories. It's like, oh, well, you know, you make a sound like Indians coming down the hill. That's why they, they call it the Indian step, you know, little little tidbits like that. Or like, you know, the first head spin was like actually called a pencil, you know, because you mm-hmm. put a pencil on the racer head and you spin it and the dude that did it only did it on concrete. And you're just oh, like, shit. what? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I try to tell my students uh, to have some type of connection when you dance. It's like, you know, no diss to choreo, you know, but um, I had a student that was like doing both. He was like, oh, I'm doing choreo too and I'm doing breaking. And I'm like, that's cool. Don't do that. But I hope you're asking questions. You know, it's just like, you know, try to find a balance b- between the two, you know? Um, like when you dance, it's like, that's choreo to me. Like, mm-hmm. like corny choreo from like, you know, the 90s. Like, Mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. yeah no but um if that's what you're into that's what you're into but it's like i always still say like you know put some feeling behind the movement when you're doing it don't just be yeah i mean take take the choreo and like put a piece of you onto it you know and yeah like japan really opened me up i had i actually retrained myself and how i taught because everybody was trying to do my movement exactly like me. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, stop. And I was like, like, like this wacko? And I was like speaking half Japanese, like half English, you know? And I was, I, I finally was like, okay, you know, you're Japanese, you know, I'm black. You know, I put my culture into my dance when I move. So I might do something like this with my hat, you know, you could do that too, but put like you said put yourself a piece of you into this movement because when i come back to teach you i want to see you take my step and flip it Mm. you know don't do it exactly like me because one you're not going to be able to because i move the way i move why Mm. not move the way he does same thing with wicked monkey focus you know flea rock the list goes on everyone stands out everyone's a fucking snowflake you know Mm. the only like interesting snowflake so yeah yeah, I, I think Japan, from, my trip to Japan really got me on that pushing to like take what I'm showing you as like foundation or as a base, but I want you to build off of that. Yeah, I think it's hard when you're teaching somebody who uh, like because because they, they obviously like your style or they like somebody's style and they're like, I want to dance like this guy, and you go, mm-hmm. but you'd be better at dancing the everyone wants to see the way you you would dance and they go like but i don't know how to dance and that's the like conundrum they're in because they're like how am i a good dancer and that's what you want me to be when i can't even dance and uh 
you know, so then I think a lot of people go down the path of like, okay, I got to try to emulate what this dude over here has been doing so that I can get good. But it's more like, no, you should, you should take pieces of everything you see, everything you like and flip it the way you want to do it. And just, I, I mean, honestly, it's really just playing with it. Have fun, pick, pick out some moves play some some dope music and just have fun with 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 it and you'll build your style over time it's not a it's not a race it's a journey to get to, oh. to that yeah you know i'm so glad you said that it's like new turn that people are saying like um it's a marathon not not a sprint mm-hmm. like when um, i was thinking about uh, someone said that during the whole black lives matter movement because mm-hmm. you know people are like oh this is going to happen overnight it's like no <laughs> this yeah. is a marathon this isn't a sprint mm-hmm. you know and i always tell that to my students uh, one of my students in particular he started late and mm-hmm. i didn't you know i had to introduce him to him like yo like narumi and ayumi started late yeah. Etienne and like guillaume started late mm-hmm. you know but look at how much they put into getting good and yeah. it, it just you know boom and you know them uh ayumi and narumi being female too like, you know, it's like B-girls are kind of like looked down to on, on a certain degree, which which is messed up. Mm-hmm. But those girls are nasty. You yeah. Know, and I love them. Those are like my favorite sisters. And Etienne and Guillaume, like when I, I like got the opportunity to hang out with them uh, for the Battleborn anniversary uh, in 2012, I stayed with them and they just told me so much backstory. And they, like you, they were like, yo, man, how do you train? And bro, like, and they told me like, dude, we were like studio dancers for the longest. And then, then we got mm-hmm. into breaking. I was like, oh, that's interesting. It doesn't look like it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh. I, I did know that they started late, but I didn't know that they were studio dancers before. I mean, they've, they've, they've been dancing. They're like, they come from a dancing family. Yeah. So a lot of like, you know, like kind of like Broadway type shit. Okay. But dude, like, yeah, they didn't start breaking until like their like 20s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they were late, but you look at how they dance. It's just like, fuck, I thought you guys have been breaking like, you know, like everyone like else. Whole life. Like, I do yeah. Really late. yeah. No, I mean, th- that's a good example of just you put you put your heart and soul into it and you'll get good it doesn't matter how old you are and so i always tell my students i, I always name drop uh, the those four it's like ayumi narumi guillaume and, and, and fucking atn so when my students kind of give me that like one well, i'm like fucking bull i'm like dude like yeah. there's no excuse you know yeah also you don't need i mean you also don't need to be like them at all either you just need to have fun dancing you know what i mean and if you enjoy it you're already winning to be honest yeah so you know getting their head wrapped around that i mean (laughs) that's important (laughs) (laughs) yeah i definitely think too many new 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 dancers are always like oh i gotta do this and be this guy and be the best at this like crawl before you walk man it's like (laughs) red bull enjoy enjoy the journey dude like that's what yeah. it is enjoy it you know it's uh yeah if you're if you're trying to race to the end <laughs> well, you're gonna miss everything in the middle so you know yeah it's uh i don't know i think i think as people get older they start realizing that i mean i definitely it wasn't till probably mid-20s or something i started realizing like man i need to like really soak in all the you know the the journey of as a dancer you know because because like it definitely for me 
you know, as I got older, I started getting injuries and stuff. I can't do the same stuff before, you know, before I was trying to do all these crazy moves. And now I'm like, oh, I'm going to hurt myself. And so my style has changed a lot. And so there's just like chapters in my dance history, I think. And so it's like enjoying those chapters, I think, is important. So you, know, you said it, man. Yeah. Do you have a favorite moment in hip hop in your hip hop career? Oh man, uh, probably organizing the uh, the last jam at a cell space. Oh which yeah, which is like it's like my greatest love, but also like to a degree my greatest failure. You know, mm. um, it's a touchy subject for me just just cause like I live in the most gentrified city in the world. I live in San Francisco, mm -hmm. and um, I've literally seen my city change in like you know my thirty plus years on this planet. But um, I liked the fact that I was able to, I discovered one that I could organize. Because mm -hmm. it wasn't even supposed to be me. It was, I was like, Renegade's anniversary is supposed to be the last event there, but then they, 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 they moved the date. And the guy that was running the space was like, well, I think you should do it. And I was like, oh shit, okay. Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of getting everyone involved and it just blew up into this thing. But, you know, just, the, with the way the city is and, and how things turned out, a lot of broken promises. I can't talk about some stuff just due to legal issues. Mm. Um, but I, I'm still, I still have that in like my top, like, you know, thing of uh, something I've done mm -hmm. and contributed, you know, to the scene was at least like organizing that event and seeing people I haven't seen in like over 10 years, like come out. Yeah. Now, cell space is a legendary space and it's, it was, I, I went to that event and I remember it was bittersweet because it's like this is a celebration of this space, but it's also like super sad that this is going, you know, because there's been so many like really dope events that have happened in that same area. So it's like, and then I, I bugged out, too, because I think, you know, because you're like a young OG to me anyways, but I think it was an opportunity for like the newer SAC kids, the newer like mm -hmm. Oakland, San Francisco and San Jose kids to like really take in me like holy shit, this is a piece of history, mm -hmm. of dance history especially. Yeah. Not just with breaking, but with house, a lot of underground, popping, locking. Like, yo, like, take this in, you know, because people are like, that was probably the one time where I saw kids entering and they're like, I don't care if I make it past prelims, I can say I danced at cell space. Yeah, yeah. In my like, life. And it's like, on that Broadway shit, if you can dance at cell space, you can dance anywhere. So I think yeah. my biggest thing too was seeing the youth and the newer generation dancers like, bug out like oh shit this is where like you know profo battled like you know roland you mm -hmm. know this is where renegades you know rock force versus renegades like you know technique versus machine like round three you know it's like jerome versus a game like mm -hmm. i can keep going you know yeah so. yeah it was a sad moment for sure but definitely you know a cherished uh space um well shoot dude um, thank you for being on, man. I think this was really dope. Um, was yeah, a good thanks conversation. for having me, bro. Yeah, no, um, I'm glad that you could come on. I'm glad you had time. Um, I'm glad we figured out how to use the freaking Zoom thing. <laughs> it's kind of crazy for people. <laughs> we, we had some 2020, trouble. 2020, man. Yeah, no, 2020 is haunted. Uh, it's, it's now um, haunting the internet now. So, you know, internet was effing us up earlier. <laughs> so, um, so where can people find you, dude? 
Uh, people can find me. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram these days. Yes. The dash Wackness. W H A C K N E S S. Just like the movie, The Wackness. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of my favorite movies. Um, you can also catch me at Wack Donuts. I'm slinging 100% vegan donuts. That's oh, right. really? I can bake. Oh shit! I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. Shit. Um, I'll have to I've check been, that out. I've been like, uh, you know, reaching out to people, and they're like. Whack donuts. And they're like, who's this? And they're like, and then at the same time, they're like, Wacko, is this you? Is this some asshole <laughs> on here called going by Wack Donuts, man? Is that you? And I'm like, how many wackos do you know? Like, oh, okay, yeah. And they would accept my friend request on IG. So yeah, that's tight. I didn't, I didn't know that. I'm gonna have to check that out. That's on Instagram. Yeah. Tight. Well, shit, dude. And I know you you do occasional Zoom classes and stuff, right? Yes, um, I teach three days a week, uh, Top Rock Tuesdays, mm-hmm. uh, Rock Dance Wednesdays, and then um, Party Line Dance Fridays. So um, if you go to my whack, uh, the Wackness IG, I post um, times, you can DM, uh, get the Zoom link, and uh, yeah, get it in. Yeah, dope, man. Well, thanks for being on. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, see y'all later. Peace. All right.